You're listening to the Illustration Hour podcast, an interview podcast where I talk to illustrators, art directors, and agents about the craft and business of illustration. My name is Julia Dufosse, and I'm an editorial and commercial illustrator based in Chicago. And I'm chatting with creatives within the world of illustration to learn about their process, the challenges they faced along the way, and how to succeed as an illustrator today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode one of the Illustration Hour podcast. My guest today is Allison Phyllis. I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome Allison to the podcast. Allison is an incredibly talented and versatile illustrator. Her style is probably best described as friendly, minimal, psychedelic, and bright. She uses highly contrasting colors, a simple black outline, and simplified shapes to translate ideas into illustrations. She has worked with many amazing publications, including The New Yorker, The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, Refinery29, and Nautilus Mag. You can find Allison online on her website, that's www.allisonphyllis, that's A-L-L-I-S-O-N-F-I-L-I-C-E.com, www.allisonphyllis.com altogether. And you can also find her on Instagram at Allison Phyllis. So go show her some love and check out her amazing work. I really recommend that you go to her website as well as her Instagram she has some great stuff on there. Now, you might not know from looking at her client list, but Allison had a late start in illustration. In 2016, she decided to leave her full-time job as a designer to pursue illustration full-time. A year or so later, she had received an award and worked with some incredible clients. So, I found out how Allison went from an illustrator with zero clients and zero following to a successful in-demand editorial illustrator in under a year. We talked about Allison's quest for her style, how she got to know herself through illustration, how illustration helped her navigate grief, how she organizes her day, and how she stays inspired. Allison was so forthcoming and open about sharing her process. She shared some of the hiccups she's faced along the way and her emotional journey, and she even shared exactly what she did to reach out to art directors when she first started. She also shared her very own email script for cold emails for reaching out to art directors. So this is an episode packed with practical advice about launching your illustration career. And it really has so much in it. So without further ado, here is my interview with the very talented and awesome Allison Phyllis. So, uh, Allison, um, welcome to the podcast. I'm very glad that you will be our first guest on Illustration Hour. Um, and to start us off, I, I thought I would ask you how you usually answer a, a very simple question, and that is, uh, what do you do? Uh, well, I'm honored to be here. So thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I, I, to make things easy, I always just tell people that I'm an illustrator. Um, and sometimes I say illustrator and designer. But most recently, I've been writing more. So I might be adjusting that soon. Mm -hmm. 
So um, what do you say when people ask you what style of illustration you do? So usually when people ask me, it's because they're not illustrators. And so um, I always just tell people like, oh, I, you know, make drawings or illustrations for magazines or websites or newspapers. But if people want to know more about like the style in particular, it's like technically my style is pretty simple with bright colors and bold outlines and and then on like a deeper level it's exploring deeper topics through like a friendly look so it's like maybe exploring the unknown or exploring who we are and where we're going and why we're here and what this all is but with like a friendly inviting look so that you know it's not too scary Mm -hmm. to think about Thank you. Thank you, Allison, for that wonderful little intro. Um, so you didn't start out as an illustrator. Um, you were a designer before you uh, became an illustrator. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and how that happened? Yeah, so I have my degree in graphic design. And um, I was like, I did a mixture of like, and I also studied industrial design a bit. So I kind of like had a multidisciplinary design um, education Um, but my love was graphic design I did that and then I living in San Francisco I did user experience design for four years oh oh really cool um is that why you were in San Francisco or you are in San Francisco currently I only grew up two hours south of here so like I always loved San Francisco. Oh, okay, like I spent okay. a lot of time here as a kid and I grew up in a small town and I knew I was like meant to live in a city where there was just energy and I could like be inside and, and be by myself, but like know that outside that the world was still going on. Um, Cause I just felt like in my small town, it was like, if you were inside, it was just so quiet and lonely. But mm-hmm. here I can like, look out the window and people are in the park and I don't feel bad about being inside. Yeah. Like such an introvert thing, I guess. But, um, and also I was just so drawn to the weather here. It's like foggy and like mysterious and it just feels like a mirror of like my personality. Mm. And, um, so yeah, I've always loved the city and I came here for college and, um, I stayed like I did a, a year and a half in London for, I did a study abroad program. Oh, that's really cool. Did you do a design program or? Yeah, that's where I studied industrial design. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't want, I loved London and I didn't want to leave. So I took a semester off school and did an internship at a design studio there called Design Bridge. That's really great. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about what you learn at that design agency, um, what it was like? It was like, one of those times where you realize you don't know anything, (laughs) like Uh everything I was learning in school. Yeah. I learned so much so fast, just working on actual client projects. So it was like an agency setting or. Yeah, it was a branding agency Uh and packaging. And they did like, they did like the Jameson label and like they were doing stuff for KFC. And um, it was really incredible. Like I was supposed to just have this month internship and it turned into like four months Mm -hmm. and they were just letting me work on projects alone it it was just like such a confidence boost yeah Yeah. 
And then I had to come back to San Francisco for my last semester. There was this one class you had to take in San Francisco to graduate. And it was just going from working in this agency to, you know, this class at um, this final class. It was just like, I just had all this confidence Mm. um, going into it. And I just, yeah, I just like felt like I knew what I was doing and like I had done branding. Yeah, that's great. You must have learned a lot really quickly, actually. So I know you graduated in 2008, right as the recession hit the United States and the rest of the world. Um, Can you tell me how that felt at the time, um, what it was like to graduate right before this huge economic recession? I would imagine it was really stressful to find a job and pushed you towards things that you might not have done. So I had some interviews in design, um, but they didn't work out. And then I had a friend, I had a couple of friends who worked for this market research company. And I was like, can you just get me some temp work? And mm-hmm. I ended up staying for four years. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool because I got to travel the world, which was, Okay. Perfect for your early 20s. So obviously it wasn't your first choice for a job. Uh, was the work pretty boring or was it hard? Um, can you can you tell us a little bit more about that? It was like, it was not boring. It was a lot of hard work. Like I would mm-hmm. actually, like I would actually like fly to Colombia, to like Bogota, Colombia um, by myself and like oh, do yeah. market research projects. Um, so it was like, totally confidence instilling just mm-hmm, that I could mm-hmm. like you know fly to Japan and fly and um it was really hard but like I it was because it wasn't my passion you know everything was kind of difficult like figuring things out and things were kind of scary and um there were times where I just you wake up and you're like oh I gotta go to work because you know that there's something else that you're meant to do yeah that's uh that's tough um so at the time, did you do a little bit of freelancing or did you start, you know, working on the side, doing something you enjoyed a little bit more than your day job? Yeah, I was freelancing, but not very much. There was just there. I just was young and felt like I had all this time and um, just didn't have much energy at the end of the days. And then after that job is when I started doing user experience design. OK, so where did you where did you start that? Um, so a, a different market research company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like a similar industry, but completely different job. And what had really bothered me about graphic design, um, I felt like user experience design kind of like fixed. So like I always felt that, um, and maybe it was just being young, uh, you know, people would critique your work and say like, oh, it was very like subjective, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it was like hard to tell when it, when you were doing the right thing or not, because I didn't really have a voice yet. And then I felt like in user experience design, there was like a scientific method to it where you create something, you put it in front of people and test it to see if they understand how to use yeah, it was quantifiable. And that was really something that I really liked about it. And it was just this new, new discipline in design that I was able to like learn 
so much in a year's time. Like it was just really fun to learn again Mm -hmm. for four years, another four years. Okay. So at that point, did you start illustrating on the side, even just as a, a, a hobby or something that you do? Um, no, no. So, um, but I am in that job. It was, I wasn't just doing the experience design. I was also doing all the visual design and I was, well, I mean, that's kind of part of it, right? I mean, yeah. So some, some places like we divide it all up. So you're either like the researcher or you're the visual designer or, but this place was um, a startup and it, you know, it was like, you do everything. And that was really, that was really cool because it was never doing one thing for too long. But my favorite part of it, like, so we were, we would make these like online tools and, um, my manager was great in that. Like he really wanted to add a lot of personality to the products we were creating. Mm -hmm. And so we got to do illustration and we got to like add illustrations into the product. You know, the welcome screen, it was an illustration and this pop-up was an illustration and all these icons. And so my favorite part was doing the illustrations and, you know, that style was definitely like the style of the company. So it didn't look like what I make now, but I loved just being able to kind of tune the world out and listen to like a podcast and just illustrate all day. That was like the most amazing feeling. And after I was there, the first two years were incredible because I was just learning so much. Um... But I remember when I was four years in, just kind of waking up one day and realizing like two years had gone by so fast and it, it just like really scared me. It was kind of like okay, the same yeah. every day, you know, uh-huh. it was like, um, wake up, go to work. So you start out at the first two years, you're learning a lot and you really like what you're doing. And uh, then you kind of get stuck into the routine and you start thinking, well, wait a minute, is this me? Is this what I'm going to do? Yeah, I felt like um, I, it was like t- maybe two, first two years were great. Second two years, I was maybe in the passenger seat of my life rather yeah, than in yeah. the driver's seat. And I guess I don't, it's just such a blur. Like, I don't even know what happened in those two years. I mean, I got married and it was incredible. Like, Yeah, so it was maybe around that time that you uh, started to realize that you wanted more ownership over what you did and maybe more freedom. Is that right? Yes. And working for a company, everything you do is their message Mm -hmm. and you can like insert your personality into it a little bit, but Mm -hmm. yeah. um, You know, it's like, it's not the same. You want to support the brand. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and I was, um, it was like around the time I had turned 30. And so I was just kind of evaluating everything. And it's like, I think I'm, I think I have a message and I think I'm here for something bigger, you know, I'm, I, and, and I just didn't really know what to do with that. And um, I was on Instagram and like everyone I followed on Instagram was an illustrator and somehow mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. notice that. Like, yeah. I didn't realize that maybe I really like illustration. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the exact same thing happened to me where I realized I was following all these illustrators and, I wasn't realizing that illustration was my passion and what I really wanted to do in my life. Funny how that builds subconsciously and how we are kind of scared to admit things to ourselves, like things we really want. And then one day it was like more painful to ignore it than to take the risk. So I just decided 
okay, like I have money saved up. If I don't do this now, then when am I going to do it? Yeah, no, I think that's a great lesson that uh, you should listen to those little messages and hints that you might give yourself as to what you really want to do in your life. So you go through this period of time where you realize you want more freedom. Um, you're not getting as much uh, ownership over the design work that you're making. And how do you do the how do you make a jump from that to illustrating? Um So, yeah, you're realizing all of this is happening. And then what? Yeah. So I think I left my job in June of 2016. And then it looks like literally a year later, you get awarded uh, an annual award from the Design Kids, which is a design and illustration website for creatives who are starting their career. So did you apply for um, this award from the Design Kids? How did it happen? Um, no, actually, she just reached out to me. Um, so I had, I had created a series of work. She, she just, she really liked that image, like two of the images. Oh, okay. So what was the series? Um, so it's a series called Strange Universe, and uh, she, she, um, Frankie, right? Or Frankie, yeah, yeah. She reached out to me. And she was like, "Can I license two of these illustrations?" And I was like, "Yes." And then she did an interview. It was great. Um, she was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So within a year of leaving your job, you received this award. Was that your first time getting recognized for illustration work? Yeah, that was probably one of the first. So when I started, I was the transition period. There was like a six month transition period where I was still freelancing as a designer to have an income. And actually the company that I left, they were amazing. They were like my first client right off the bat. And, And so... I was pretty much just doing design um, to make money. And I was really, I had no idea who I was as an illustrator. It's like I knew it deep down, but I like had forgotten. And so it it was like starting peeling back those layers Mm -hmm. for like six months. So at this point, are you doing a lot of side projects to try to figure out what your style is and what, what kind of illustrator you want to be? Yeah, exactly. I was just posting it on Instagram. Okay. Um, so I, again, like, you know, it's scary to put your work out there. Mm-hmm. But again, it was just, it was more painful for me not to do it. I was just like, so like, I feel like I'd waited so long. I was like in my thirties. I, I was just ready to like start my career as an illustrator. And so I just started putting my work on Instagram. And then once I had built up, like, because I had nothing when mm-hmm. I started. Yeah, it was the same when I started. I started from scratch on Instagram. And I think it's important for people who are starting out to know that it's not impossible. And it's not actually that hard to get followers once you start putting out work. It's not because you can make you can make things really quick. Like you can make it happen really quickly. I And I think I like, had actually like made a couple things uh, before I quit my job. And that, that was like, more validation that I wanted to do it because mm-hmm. I've had so much fun, but it was still not quite on message for me. Yeah, it was. I was. It was still fuzzy. I still didn't really know, but it was closer. It was getting close, and um, and so like when I had made six things, mm-hmm. I started reaching out to art directors. Okay, so you did. Okay. All right, great. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. Um, do you remember how you reached out to art directors, what you said and how you found their names and addresses? Yeah. So 
um, like, it's just funny thinking about it now because when I quit my job, like, I didn't even know who I was supposed to contact to get uh-huh. illustration jobs. Like, I didn't know what an, I didn't even know, like, an art director yeah. was the person who hired illustrators. So, like, figuring that out, like, Instagram was great because I was following all these illustrators and they would post, like, um, art direction by, and I was like, huh, what is this? And I just kept seeing it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a clue. And it is. So I, <laughs> it's, it's a precious clue that they give it's you. So, yeah, it's so amazing. So I just started writing down all of these art directors' names and who, where they worked. And then I started Googling their email addresses. I started following them on Instagram, hoping that they would mm-hmm. see me. Um, so then did you go into cold emailing art directors from there? Yeah, like 100 cold emails. Um, I just targeted the places that I wanted to work for. And then when I didn't hear back from those people, mm-hmm. I like went searching for more options. That's another very important thing to point out is that a lot of times when you uh, email art directors out of the blue like that, uh, you won't get a response. And that's that's okay. It's not because your work sucks, you know? Yeah, because it, it was kind of like sending it out into a void for a while. I would get like, you know, if maybe I would send out 20 and I'd get like a response. They'd be like, oh, thanks so much. I love your work. And it was like, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's like so important to start doing that early. If you're going to do that, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just don't be afraid because it takes a while. Like the process takes a while. Um, and a lot of these art directors have since hired me. And I don't know if it was because they saw the email or if it was because they just found me in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um but it, like, I would just say, like, don't take it personally if you don't hear back. They get so many emails from illust- illustrators and maybe they see your work and they love it. And then they bookmark it for the right project. And, but that right project could be eight months in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just never know. Yeah, that's very important to remember. So do you remember um, the very first time that you got a client of, uh, after that period? Because uh, I think... Every illustrator out there remembers that moment where they got that special email and they thought, you know, I made it. I really wanted to work with Nautilus magazine. Mm-hmm. I just, like mm-hmm. I love science. I love physics. And I love that they were combining beautiful illustrations with science. And so they were like a dream client of mine. And I had emailed them a couple of times. And I remember one morning waking up and this was like my first commission ever. Like everything I had done up to that point was like design work, you know, to make money or like personal projects that I had been working on and posting. Um, So I was just like dying to have my first like paid illustration work from like editorial. (laughs) And so one morning I like woke up and I was like, I was just so optimistic and naive. I was just like always would wake up and like check my email Mm -hmm. and like wait (laughs) for that email to come in. And one morning it really happened and it was Francesco Izzo from Nautilus. He's an art director. And you had reached out to him uh, directly or? I had reached out to the main creative director, Len Small. It was just one of those things where like sending your your email out into the void, you know, you just yeah. don't know if they've seen it or if they like see it and they're like, oh, her work is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> or you just don't know, right? Or they're just like, I'm busy. I'm going to put this in a folder. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what you hope. Um, mm-hmm. You do. Yeah. But again, like you just got to keep going because you just never know. And so, yeah, one morning I got this email from Francesco. It was like, we love your work. We want, you know, we want to hire you for three illustrations. And it was just like, Out I of just the blue, was like, kind so of... excited. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my husband was getting ready for work and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like this is the most exciting day of my life. And this is another thing I would say is um, if you're reaching out to say you want to work for the New Yorker, mm-hmm. um, if you're reaching out to them, just sending a cold email, um, you really want to like understand the type of work, like if it's your dream, <laughs> it to work for them, you really want to understand like the type of illustrations they have in the magazine. So like everything I've done for them has been a portrait. So if I had sent an art director there, all landscape images and like or architectural and not sh- like shown that I can do portraits, mm-hmm. like it's just so hard for them. And it's such a risk for them to be like oh I think she can do a portrait <laughs> especially when you're starting out you kind of have to show them what you can do specifically um your specialty you know yeah exactly yeah. you have to like paint the picture for it literally for them um so that so that they can picture oh the next time I have an artist I have a a portrait this person this would be a really great person to hire mm. so the portraits were actually part of a side project for you right um so did you make those intentionally to get the attention of the new yorker in that way is was it a strategic decision it actually came out of not being able to draw people well <laughs> yeah so i remember like just in the in the beginning that was like such a that's like the hardest uh, thing yeah because yeah, it's really the hardest thing. It's so hard. Like faces and hands are the hardest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For some and I remember like telling my husband like, oh, I'm just so bad at drawing people. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, then you should, you should like draw people. And I just was so resistant. I was like, no, like, why would I draw? I, I'll just be an illustrator <laughs> who doesn't draw people. Yeah. I'll just draw weird things. Um, and realizing that the resistance was actually like, oh, I should, I should work on, I should, practice so that i i can do it and so that's when i started the portrait series mm-hmm. um and then i just it was fun because i just like made my own brief i was like well i'm just gonna do a weekly portrait of whatever i'm inspired by and i did like noam chomsky and i did like it wasn't even all like people it was like i did like the statue of liberty because it was like the women's march and then i did um like the Venus de Milo statue and I did a passenger pigeon. So, and then there was like, you know, there was um, actual humans in there too. Um, That just doing that was like, I got to practice drawing people and then it just kind of worked out that over the months I had a mixture of like portraits and I had also like more abstract things in my portfolio. Mm -hmm. And that was so helpful for me think people were able to see that I can do different things, but it still looks like me. So I really want to come back to something we were talking about earlier. When you reached out to all those art directors, when you were cold emailing them out of the blue, um, did you have a particular script that you used um, specifically? You know, did you have an ask in your first email 
or did you ask specific questions about their work or, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about what your emails were like to those art directors? Mine kind of went like this, like, dear so-and-so, um, you know, my name is Allison. I'm a San Francisco based illustrator. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would insert something I really liked about what they did, what they do, like something personal. So it wasn't just a formula. And then, um, I would say like, I would love to work with you and here's a link to my portfolio. Um, and here's, and I've attached some of my work for you to check out as Mm -hmm. well. So I would attach like five or six images in the email itself. So they didn't have to like, if they didn't have time, they didn't have to click Mm, my portfolio. That's smart. Yeah. So they're just sitting there. Um, and I just wanted to keep it short because I know yeah, that they get like so many emails and, you know, at a certain point, they just want to see the work. I don't know how effective that was. I don't, I don't know if there is like a clever way of getting attention or. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think what's important is getting your name out there and whether or not people respond or even have seen your email is not necessarily the most significant thing. You hope that at one point somebody will look at the email and you you know, give you a shot, um, give you a chance. The thing I really struggled with was the subject line. Like I mm. never knew yeah, yeah. how I, to make that stand out. Yeah. What do you say? Like, so um, I just like put something basic, like, you know, illustration portfolio. Mm. It was like not the right thing, but that's, that's always like, been, I, I do picture people putting in something really creative that draws yeah, you in. Like, Yeah something intriguing. But then I guess you also run into the risk of sounding spammy and making your email look like a virus, you know? True. (laughs) True. Um, Yeah. So that was something I've never solved um, is like, I haven't thought about in a while, but Mm -hmm. that I always struggle with the subject line of emails. Okay. So you were doing all these things, being proactive, reaching out to art directors, And I imagine your style was evolving a lot at that moment. Um, But I'm sure um, that you had a lot of periods of uh, self-doubt during this period, right? It's such a weird thing, the whole style thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think really, as my style was evolving, I was evolving as a person. Mm. Like, just, I think just, like, quitting my job and then kind of taking a leap into the unknown um that whole period of time like there was like a period of six months where before I started posting like the portrait series and um where I was just really going through personal development um where I like I went through a lot of anxiety when I quit my job yeah and not just like anxiety like where's where am I going to get money because I had um, savings, so I wasn't too worried about that, but just like... About life in general and where you were going? Yeah, and I would like wake up at night, just be like, oh my God, like just anxiety around death. Just like all these things Mm. like came out of my subconscious. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because I had worked in an office environment (laughs) for like, you know, most of my 20s. So um, there was just always noise. Mm-hmm. And I was never really alone with my thoughts for too long. And then when I was working from home by myself all day, just everything started to seep out of my subconscious into my conscious mind. And 
I really came face to face with myself. And I've always been interested in like psychology and the mind and where our inner worlds sort of like becomes our outer worlds. And so at the same time, I was listening to pers- like this personality hacker podcast. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. So I was, um, it's all about like personality types, like the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram uh-huh, uh-huh. and um, personal development. And so I was going through just like learning so much about the psyche and our personas. And, and I started to kind of understand more about what my message was. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of like intertwining with me experimenting with my drawing and who really inspired me and what really excited me. Just all these things were kind of like merging at one time. Mm-hmm. And then it just became like, bam. And I just remember like looking at stuff I was making and it didn't feel like me. It didn't feel like me. And then one day, like it looked like me. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. And do you remember how far along that was leaving your job and starting illustrating full time? It was like probably the first six months. Mm, okay. Of, um, so pretty fast. Yeah. And I had, like I said, like I had like done some illustration work in, in my previous role. So it kind of had like a little bit of me in it. But it, but it wasn't really there yet. Mm-hmm. So I had like a little, a little bit to work with. And um, yeah, and I think it really helps to like what really excites you? Who are, who are the illustrators or the artists that you just see it and you're like, oh, I wish I made that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just following those clues and just like learning more about yourself. What are, like, what are your interests in the world? Yeah, it's uh, funny that you mentioned that because uh, I actually wrote down in my notes that uh, while I was looking at your uh, Strange Universe series, it it sort of gave me this uh, anxiety about the unknown, this anxiety about what I can't see. Yeah, and actually, that was even that was even more that um, that series was in because um, I had done like portraits like more lighter topics. Like I did like a portrait of this person who inspired me and I did like this colorful stack of blocks. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but for the strange universe series, that was the first time I really started exploring the unknown. Mm-hmm. And it was because um, my grandfather died. And um, so going through that was, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of personal stuff that I was going through and we were really close and um actually was just trying to figure out like how do like how do I approach death going forward because Mm -hmm. it's going to happen and there's so you were preparing for grieving also yeah yeah and using art as an outlet I guess Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for the emotions inside of me yeah and so actually um, the last time I saw him, I like knew it was going to be the last time. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I just like saw this image in my mind of this like passageway. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, like I just need to channel everything I'm feeling into like bringing this to life. So um, I had never really made anything like that. And that was um, the illustration window to the infinite. Yeah. And yeah. It was like, that's was the like, one that I was looking at feeling <laughs> How anxious about it. Yeah, because that was like... Because there's something bright about it, the contrasting color and everything, but there's still 
some some part of me that felt anxious as I looked to that image. Yeah, and it like the energy behind it was definitely like mm -hmm. grief, and but like through the grief, like it was like I was creating a passageway for him, you know, mm -hmm. like something where I could help him transition, and then like as soon as I made that, he died, mm. and so it was it was like that was kind of like a catalyst for adding this depth to my work. Without that experience, things were much more lighthearted. And then going through that, I was like, oh, humanity. <laughs> and like the, you know, depth of emotion. And then my work started to be more about um, the unknown and like, how do we cope? Yeah. And I noticed in your About Me page, you've got a part where you say you enjoy visualizing the invisible and helping people move forward into the unknown. And I, I sort of wonder if uh, if this is around the time that you wrote your bio, because uh, it, it sounds like you were really finding out a lot about yourself and uh, the kind of um, emotion resonates with what you were saying just now. Actually, like just kind of updated that in the last few months. I had I had some other stuff before. Oh, so I'm that's trying... that's pretty new. Yeah. Yeah, that's more recent. Like, I guess when I the whole unknown thing has kind of been floating around me for like the last like year and a half and just coming to terms with, no, that's like what I'm here to do. And so it's like the unknown part, uncertainty, I guess. Or, yeah, yeah. It's uncertainty. And it's, and I think the way I want to approach it is like helping people, other creatives mm -hmm. who other, I shouldn't say creatives because everyone is creative, but mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. helping people who want to pursue a career in creativity. Um, just having been through it, how, how scary it can be. Mm -hmm. um, just all of the, like, your own hang-up, your own limiting beliefs, your own self-doubts, helping them take that step because they know that's what they're here to do. And that's kind of, like, what I mean by helping people step into the unknown. Okay, okay. And just that, like, I think my whole goal is you know, we immediately think of the unknown as a scary, mm -hmm. daunting thing. But like, can we make the unknown a friendly thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, have you been working with, with people? Um, have you been coaching people? Like you said, you were like starting to do that a little bit or wanting to nothing, do that? Uh, nothing formally. Uh -huh. um, so I've been, I've been starting to write more. And I'm actually doing the artist way right now. And I'm mm, like yeah. doing morning pages every day and, you know, working through my own, <laughs> my own hangups around like, I think, cause I think like, um, doing illustration, like I've kind of figured out a process of like becoming an illustrator and mm -hmm. like getting work. This episode will continue in a few minutes, but first a short interruption to let you in to some important details about the show. First, you can find show notes, resources, list, and more on our website, www.illustrationhour.com. The URL format for episode show notes is always the same. It's illustrationhour.com slash last name of the guest. Illustrationhour.com slash, that's a forward slash, last name of the guest. 
Check it out. It has tons of links to resources and material that will greatly amplify your experience of the show. Sometimes I have guests email me extra recommendations and resources after the show, and you can find those exclusively on those show notes. So definitely check them out. Again, the website is illustrationhour.com. That's illustrationhour.com. Second, this episode is brought to you by the Illustration Club, which is my newsletter roundup of the coolest things I've encountered that week. It's a short weekly email that contains four to five things that I enjoyed that week. It's chock full of inspiration, cool stuff from around the interwebs, illustration related news, quotes, articles, or purchases I'm enjoying. It's free, it's not long, it's not spammy, and you can unsubscribe at any time. If you enjoy the show, you will likely enjoy this too. And it helps support the show and keep it going. So go check it out at illustrationhour.com slash club. That's illustrationhour.com forward slash club. Thank you. So do you have a go-to routine that you do every day? Um, like uh, what do you do when you wake up um, to start your day and uh, to get going? What's your routine like during the day? Yeah, I do kind of have a routine. Every day is a little bit different because um, just depending on the work mm-hmm. I have that week. and But I like every morning I wake up and I journal, um, which is like the morning pages. Mm-hmm. And um, it's I always, very short, right? It's like, yeah, it's like yeah. three pages. Yeah. Um, it's just trying to get um, stuff out of your head onto mm-hmm. paper. And that way it frees up space mm-hmm. for other stuff to come in, the mm-hmm. good stuff to come in, um, rather than just like your shopping list. So you do that <laughs> every morning? Yeah, I do that. Yeah, I do that every morning. And, um, and then throughout the day I'm working and I will always try to go for a walk during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, just otherwise I'm inside all day. And like, I f- find that like the inspiration really comes to me when I'm out you know, in nature, walking. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few parks around me, so I go for walks in the park. And I'm always, like, listening to a podcast or listening to music. Um, just uh, for me, like, learning is super important, learning about myself and learning about other the world and other things. So, like, that's super inspiring for me. Yeah, so finding inspiration of, in other places, not just, you know, Not just illustration, yeah. yeah, which is, like, um, I'm like so inspired by other illustrators and that's where like a lot of inspiration comes from. But um, for my own personal evolution, um, just learning more about myself and learning more about how I can, how I can be the best version of me. And I think like um, the next step for me is kind of teaching those things. Mm-hmm, so like whether mm-hmm. it's coaching or writing or maybe doing a podcast in the future, I don't know. Mm. Um, or you could also think about online teaching. Have you ever thought about doing Skillshare? Yeah, like that's all really interesting to me. And so like that's all kind of floating around me right now. And um, so I'm trying to get more clarity on what's next. So where does most of your work come from now? Is it uh, editorial clients mostly? It is. It's mostly editorial. And then every once in a while, I've been doing, starting to do some stuff for mu- music Mm-hmm. which has been really great because there's like so much freedom and I've done some like advertising projects with agencies. And with some more commercial. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so it's a mix, but it's mostly editorial. What do you prefer? Oh, it, it fluctuates. Like I really love doing editorial stuff. Like that was what I really wanted to do when I started, but I really love doing stuff for music. Um, cause I feel like my style really lends itself to that and I can really explore mm. my imagination and music is just so inspiring. Like I'm so envious of like musicians mm -hmm. that it's just like listening to a song can just transport you mm -hmm. to this place and to these other emotions and into your memories. And I really want to do that with you know my work, mm -hmm. but I just don't know if like visual art is as effective. Music is just so environmental. So like I love hitchhiking on music. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like so maybe someone's listening to a song and looking at what I drew. Do you work from home or Yeah. I work from my apartment in San Francisco. So you have uh, like a home office? Yeah, we have like a, a one bedroom apartment that has a dining room and a living room and our dining room is my office space right okay, now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But so I'm actually pregnant. I'm actually six months pregnant as we record this. Oh, so that's congratulations. Going to become, thank you. So that's going to become like our bedroom. Um, and so I'm going to be like relegated to a little desk. Oh, soon. yeah. Um, but it's okay. I've been actually, I've been like working on the couch a lot recently. So how do you usually work? I uh, assume you're using Illustrator because your illustrations are very uh, vectory. Um, yeah, I'm using Illustrator. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always start with sketching. And do you sketch on paper or do you use an iPad? Um, how do you usually sketch? Yeah, sketch on paper. Okay. I just use a mechanical pencil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like when I'm, when it's really like just trying to get ideas out, like I can just be so much faster with a pencil and paper and it's not pretty, you know, it's like little scratches here and there just to like pull the idea out of the ether. I don't know. Like, it's just such a precious time. Um, do you use a sketchbook or do you use a paper? No, it's just like loose paper. Yeah, like I find I find for myself that like it's much more freeing for some reason. <laughs> yeah, because it, it feels more permanent and like it needs to be perfect. Yeah, I find that it's much more freeing to use loose paper for some reason. I'm not sure. Sometimes when I open a sketchbook, I'm just like, I can't do it, you know? Yeah, because you could just throw that away and never see it again. And do you just prefer this to the iPad or? Um... I haven't gotten on the Procreate train mm. yet. I actually use um, AstroPad to mirror. Yeah, I, I use that too in Photoshop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I mirror Illustrator onto the iPad and then I can draw all the organic lines. I will really only use Photoshop for sending sketches to clients. Mm -hmm. So I'll, you know, draw, like I'll do super rough sketches and then I'll, I'll do like a more refined sketch and then I'll scan it and then I'll take it in the Photoshop and lay it out. Um, you know, like number like option one, option two, option three, send that to the clients. And then that's usually it for Photoshop, unless I'm doing like a gradient or something like I want to do like kind of a trippy psychedelic gradient. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll, you know, bring that into Illustrator. So do you work with Illustrator because you just want to work in vector or is it because you're more familiar with the program? I'm just wondering um, if you could walk us through your decision to use Illustrator basically. Yeah. Everything I do is in, in vector because I I do like having the option of resizing things. Of rescaling, yeah. Yeah. And um, I've just always been really partial to Illustrator. Even in college, 
Um, it was always my favorite. And yeah, I think for my style, it works really well because it's just very flat. Mm-hmm. Like it's just very like color and shape and black outline. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I haven't really f- even really tried to do what I do in Photoshop. Yeah. Do you usually, um, do you usually grid your illustration before you actually do it in illustrators? Because I'm thinking for your style, uh, that it's just so crucial that all the elements are placed exactly the right way. Um, since there aren't a lot of elements usually in your illustration, they're pretty minimal. So yeah, how do, how do you usually do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about the details. Yeah, the last the last twenty percent is like major me being a perfectionist <laughs> and like convincing myself that it just needs to be fun and playful, mm-hmm. and then I like find the balance. Um, but it's just like adding a lot, taking a lot away, and playing with the color. Yeah, it's a it's a big mix. So do you use mostly the pen tool or do you find yourself using the more simple shapes like ellipses and rectangles? Yeah, because some people actually don't use the pen tool very often and they just insist on using perfect shapes. Oh, okay. No, I use the pen tool a lot. Um, So like like I said, um, so I'll do sketches and then once um, we agree upon the direction, I'll bring that into Illustrator and then with AstroPad, I'll kind of like, just do all the organic lines mm-hmm. and then I'll go in and like clean those up, use, you know, the pen tool. If, if that seems like the best thing, use shapes. If that seems like the best thing, mm-hmm. just whatever it kind of takes to get, to get what the vision get, like translate what's in my brain mm-hmm. onto the paper. Um, and yeah. And then I, I usually, sometimes I'll put color in while I'm working on things mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's helpful. I'm I'm not sure why exactly. Yeah, sometimes it helps. Or like I have a color I know I want to use, mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. just go ahead and stick that in. Yeah, and sometimes you just you start putting in colors and you get excited and just fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanna I kinda wanna like take a peek at yeah, what yeah, the final yeah. thing will look like. I do like. that too. Yeah. And yeah. um but then sometimes like I just need to remind myself like the color doesn't have to be final right now. And that's where it really helps to like look what like look through other image references, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, just because sometimes it can be you could get in your head too much and and then get confused. Yeah, sometimes I literally just switch it up so many times that by the end of it, I've just gone through all the colors <laughs> So, like, I've read a lot about how um, you're very influenced by Lean Claire, which is an art movement. But can you kind of define and explain Lean Claire for people who might not know what it is? It's like a kind of like a French-Belgian um, origin, I believe. Yeah. And um, so if you know, like, Tintin. Yeah. Yeah. Tintin. Yeah. Also, so it's, yeah, it's, it's like a very uh, two-dimensional style with using kind of like bold colors and it's just like removing a lot of the excess lines. Mm -hmm. It's very Mm -hmm. like a kind of cartoony, but it's always just been the thing I've been drawn to. Mm. So did you read Tantan when you were little or something or a little bit? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, but I remember loving the way it looked, Mm -hmm. even though I didn't like Mm -hmm. read it that much. And, um, and I don't know like if these are even considered like, Claire, but like loved like Babar. Mm. And, and you also really admire uh, Mobius. Um, 
and uh, the world of Edina. Um, can, can you talk a little bit more about Mobius and why you like it so much? Reading, um, his book, The World of Edina, was just like, it's just, a, it's just an incredible piece. It's so imaginative. Yeah, his uh, work is amazing. And uh, he was known to work very fast. Just so fast. Like, I think like the first um, story, like, uh, what is a star? Mm. Something upon a star. Upon a star, I think is the first story in it. He said he, he drew it all in like 30 minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just like, it takes me 30 minutes to do like the smallest amount of work. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really like he's just a, a true master. And um, just so inspiring. And I also really love um, Milton Glaser. Mm. Uh, so his stuff isn't Linclair, Ling but it's it's feel like it's if you go like Tintin to Mobius to Milton Glaser, there's like some sort of thread that connects mm. those like in my mind, at least. Like uh, which part of Milton Glaser's work? Because I'm more familiar with his work in uh, more like graphic design advertising. His stuff is very like a sign of the times like mm. um the 60s and 70s in america mm-hmm. um just the way like his stuff has like um there's like a slight it's like a slight shadowiness to it that i really love it's optimistic but there's like a slight amount of like sinister um kind of psychedelia just because that was like what america was going through mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i feel like he really captures it and it was like when you look at his work, it's like, oh, of course that that was that that era. That's what the artwork looked like. But it was be- because of people like him that it looks like that. Like there, mm-hmm. it didn't exist mm-hmm. before then. And so like it's easy to like ignore the contributions he made. You know, I'm I'm mimicking stuff that already existed, or like my work. It just kind of looks like stuff that has already existed. But he was like creating stuff that didn't exist yet. And it kind of defined an art style mm-hmm. of the era. Mm-hmm. So, Allison, I think we're almost at the end of our uh, interview. But um, I had a couple of quick fire questions that I think are kind of fun and will help us to close the interview a little bit better. Um, so yeah, um, I'm going to hit you with a couple of those. First one, uh, favorite tool or pen? Um, yeah, so my favorite tool is definitely illustrator and I just like love using a basic mechanical pencil when I do like sketches Mm -hmm. and and, like writing. I used to use like pretty like fat markers, but, Mm. um, like Sharpies and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh Um, like the Pentel pens um mm. but recently like it's been all about pencil for me and nothing mm. fancy just like a bic very cool um dogs or cats cats mm. yeah <laughs> i agree with that most people will say dogs i'm petting my cat right now <laughs> coffee or tea love them both but coffee has yeah. the edge i know you're yeah. really into uh, music so favorite band or artist um or yeah. artist I don't have like a favorite, but mm-hmm. I'll just kind of fire off a few that I love. Like, mm-hmm. love Pond, Tame Impala, Gum, mm-hmm. Kikigaku Moya, Mac DeMarco. That's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're great. Kikigaku Moya, yeah. check them out. Yeah, they sound cool. I've never heard of them, actually. They're Japanese bands. Oh, okay. And I think their name means um, geometric shape. 
Oh, okay. Japanese, yeah. It, what kind of music is it? Um, like kind of indie. I don't know how to describe it. Like psychedelic-y. They probably hate mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. term. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's feels good. It's good feeling music. Very cool. I'll have to check them out, and I'll put every one of uh, Allison's answers and suggestions in the show notes for today's episode, so you can find them there. All right. So favorite uh, favorite book. Contact by Carl Sagan. Mm, okay, I've never read Followed that one. By, yeah, oh, it's so good. It's his only fiction. Yeah, I saw the uh, movie with uh, Jodie Foster and um, Matthew McConaughey. Is it based on the book? It's based on the book, but there's some differences in it. Mm. Um, I always liked the movie, but I watched it over yeah, a the long time ago. The movie's great, but like the book is just yeah, because you can yeah. yeah, you're more in your imagination, and you can like things they couldn't show in the movie like you can imagine and it's mm, really yeah yeah, it's cool. yeah okay um favorite podcast i have a few i love podcasts uh-huh. uh the ones i listen to all the time um personality hacker mm-hmm. which is like about personality types and personal development mm-hmm. um love cr- the creative pep talk podcast mm, yeah andy, andy j. j miller yeah andy j pizza yeah yeah he's wonderful and, yeah he is um don't keep your day job which is great if anyone is pursuing a illustration career and this has like amazing it's like great for kind of branching out on your own mm. um it's like just such great tips and interviews and i highly recommend it well that's great yeah i'm sure uh listeners will really appreciate these um suggestions All right so next question um dream client do you have a dream client uh more more music would be great mm. like working with more bands yeah really, yeah yeah that'd be cool yeah 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 um favorite thing to draw like things that don't exist like mm, yeah things that are kind of like, invisible yeah like, yeah like what um do you have some more uh concrete examples of that or yeah so like say someone's like oh we need you to draw um you know this article on anxiety mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. it's like trying to like pull symbols to create that feeling of anxiety mm-hmm, when there mm-hmm. isn't like you know anxiety doesn't have like a physical form mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um that stuff's really like challenging and fun least favorite thing to draw i uh, just like drawing the same thing over and over again like mm-hmm. i feel like if i keep getting hired to do like the same thing does like, that happen I, a lot or sometimes like in december it was like everything I did was a portrait mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like I love portraits but when you do it so much like am I getting pigeonholed mm-hmm. and like also I want to do something different um favorite sci-fi movie 2001 a space odyssey mm. uh, favorite way to unwind uh just like being an introvert <laughs> like reading a book or going for a walk or listening to a podcast or, yeah like, just one-on-one conversations with like a friend or some sort of intuitive conversation. Yeah. Um, what project have you done that you're most proud of? Um, I'm really p- proud of my personal projects that I've done. Um, they've, they've been like great for just like evolving as a person and like evolving my style. Um, mm-hmm. And then a client project that I did, like I love the poster I did for the band Pond. Like mm-hmm. that was, mm-hmm. it was stressful at the time because I had never screen printed anything before. So mm-hmm. it was like yeah. learning all that. But like, I just. So you kind of had to learn on the fly as you did the project. Yes. And it was like 
yeah, it was like learning on the fly. And, but I just like love that poster. I just, I like love who it was for. I, I love the way it turned out. And yeah, I'm just really proud of it. And do you remember, um, did you reach out to them or did they find you? How did you guys? Uh, yeah, I did actually like oh, okay. talk to them after a show. Oh, and, that's great. And gave them, gave them some of my prints. Wow. And they were like, they were the nicest guys. And they were like, oh, we'll hire you. And then they actually did. So my next and final question for you, Allison, is if you could change anything about your career path, like if you could quit your um, design job earlier and move on to doing full-time illustration earlier in your life, would you have done that? I guess the gist of this question is, would you change anything about uh, what happened or would you keep it the same? I don't think I would change anything. Okay. Yeah. Just cause yeah, it just seems like I was like collecting skills along the way, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I think everything. So it felt necessary in a way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think like everything kind of happens at the right time. And although sometimes we would like things to happen earlier. Faster, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like maybe we needed to learn a lesson or mm-hmm. yeah. And, and that helps us with the next thing that's coming. And, so I want to be respectful of your time, Allison. And this has been an amazing conversation. Um, but uh, it looks like we're almost at the end here. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. You've been an amazing guest. So I'm really happy that we had this conversation. Yeah, this has been really fun. Uh, thanks for having me. And here you are. Here was my conversation with the wonderful Allison Phyllis. Remember to look Allison Phyllis up on social media, Instagram, and look at her website. All the information about today's show will be in the show notes for this episode. You can find those on our website at www.illustrationhour.com. If you have any feedback about the show, you can email me at illustrationhourpodcast at gmail.com. That's illustrationhourpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet at me at IHpod at IHpod on Twitter. Or you can find me on Instagram at illustrationhour and DM me. Please remember to subscribe and download episodes if you can. This helps me a lot. And if you like the show and know some people who might like it too, please share it. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.